the optimal life. Welcome back, dude. Thanks, man. It's good to see you. It's been a little bit of, when was it? Almost a year ago. It was like, yeah, last May or June or something. It was May, June. Yeah. Hmm, Okay. So it's been a while. It has been. How you been? Busy. You sure have. You sure have. (laughs) Dude, did you see, I just saw this today, the uh, earthquake in Turkey and Syria that happened yesterday? Very briefly. There's like thousands of people that just lost their lives. Just like this. Just like that. The last uh, update I saw, I want to say it was like 1,200 confirmed, and that was like first thing this morning. So I'm just going to And I think it's up on about 3,000 now. Jeez. It's like a 7.3. Something like that. Something. I think it was seven seven. That was the second one. I think the first one was even was even uh, heavier. Man, bring that a little closer to you. Yeah. Um, I know, dude. And it's just it's like if anyone knows devastation, it's you. But just to see one day your life's going right, everything's going as normal as planned, and then all of a sudden it just it's gone or everything changes. Yeah. I mean, it's. I would say it's probably easier to deal with maybe in that situation than somebody deliberately doing something horrible you know an act of god or whatever like that and nature right. event um right it's a terrible thing it's, terrible, right. no it's a terrible what. thing yeah so. yeah the the pain of, of these people that now are trying to i mean decades and decades of these buildings you just see them just falling like paper like yeah. just just crumbling down dropping on top of well, people they deal with turmoil constantly oh, in that in that country to begin with they really and do it's just hey we we, got, we did this last time let's let's start off with the cheers come absolutely. on absolutely come on brother salute, there we bro. go salute it wouldn't be the same without a uh, little toast no so um i think uh, i want to start with just kind of the experience last time because um you were you had some trepidation coming into it it was the first time talking publicly as we discussed and um i wanted to hear you know what was the feedback like what was your feelings like at post the interview man you sent it to me the next morning and i listened to it and i thought for sure um gonna get some negative feedback maybe i don't know i don't like the way i sound and things i say sometimes but the feedback was amazing um my parents loved it uh, my wife sarah loved it um all my friends listened to it loved it and plus you got unbelievable reviews from it yeah it was insane um I thought it was good. It felt it made me feel really, really good getting the story out there and my feelings. And it was a it was a great emotion dump, essentially. Were you um, tired afterwards? I was kind of energized afterwards, to be honest. I think the next day I felt a little bit wiped. Yeah, um, but then like the crash the next day. Yeah, yeah, and then I live, you know, married to a psychologist. Right. So then the she questions, gets the diagnosis. The questions just still kept coming the next day. So. <laughs> Uh, but no, it, felt, it was awesome, um, and I'm glad it was good for for your podcast. And um, oh well, it was one of the most emotional things conversations I could, I've ever had with anybody. I mean, forget the podcast to sit yeah. there across from you for an hour and a half or however long we went and, and went and, by and in like hear, five minutes, and, of right? Like. And to feel the emotions from you and, and look you in the eyes while you're telling the story. I mean, it was I had came down on a crash. Yeah. I I came down from it. But uh, what was some of the feedback like? What else? I mean, I know your parents liked it, your wife liked it. Of course, they like it. But I know that you were getting a lot of hits from people in the community, reaching out, people that you haven't even heard from in a while, saying... Yeah, you know, I want to say probably the most significant outside of family, you know, just loving, you know, hearing what I was thinking about it was we actually gained a really, really important committee member out of it. She, a girl I went to high school with, and she reached out. I haven't talked to her in 
12 years easy if not longer and she reached out and wanted to felt compelled to want to get involved and now she's a, a huge part of what we're doing now and so it it reached people on an emotional level to where they wanted to get involved and be a part of what we're doing um amazing yeah so that that it was just what would people say to you when they listen to because again you talked about your frustrations with when people would always say hey how are you how are you how are you right i mean nobody's coming from a bad place but you kind of wanted to just hide away and not have to deal with the how are you's for the last few years and you wanted to kind of just dump it out and say hey if you want to know how i really am listen to this interview yeah right. right like how was that for you what were people coming and saying to you well i think people felt bad for me you know with just like you know we hit on all the the suicide stuff and, and you know how this can affect you on that level and i think it i think people think i'm very strong and i think that's this showed them another side of that you know and maybe it makes them think i feel stronger but um i think they felt like i was brave for doing it they felt that you handled the conversation extremely well helped guide me through what i wanted or what we wanted to talk about and put out there and um it was just all positive all positive yeah. um it felt I'm trying to think of some of the words that people were using and professional kind of came up a little bit but just raw raw emotion and raw feelings that we were discussing and everyone's like well do you know what questions he was going to ask going into it i was like no we kind of just wung it out the right. gates and it was like man we have no idea that's what makes it so much um so much more authentic it allowed us to really shed light into your story what are some of the things looking back that we didn't touch on because of course it wasn't going to be perfect what what do you wish we would have maybe talked about that we didn't um i don't know i, mean, I thought we hit everything really really well it's kind of hard to look back and think about what you missed you know i mean i think when i listened to the podcast the first time it's like oh man I don't feel like i finished that thought all the way through like mm. it felt like kind of like uh, fragmented thoughts that were coming out. Well, you know? I'm sure they were. I mean, how can they not be? Um, but no, I mean, I thought we hit on everything really well. Uh, I mean, there's other things that go on with like the trial and, you know, the the other side of things, the stuff that's still lingering quite a bit. Which is ins insane that that's still lingering. The, the, the murders occurred, how many years has it been now? Over four years. Four, four years. Yeah. It was four years in November, right? Correct. And we're four, and, and there's no trial date. Uh, well, we were supposed to start trial. I think they were going to supposed to start jury selection in January. Okay. And that's a huge process in itself. But they said that you know February it's starting, period. And I get a call. Oh man, I got a call the same week they were supposed to start jury selection, and it's like, yep, not happening. When did you get this call? Like the like day before we're supposed to start. Which was this past several weeks? Uh, I want to say it was around January 18th. And 19th. why is it not happening now? What's the delay? Still a holdup with some of the evidence that's being that's with the Supreme Court. Um, they have to. They're going through some stuff that you know the two sides are arguing against, mm -hmm. um, and the Supreme Court's been sitting. in What's their been lab. your experience throughout this process with the legal system as a whole? Frustrating, to say the least. Um, you know they you don't get a lot of communication you know coming from you know anybody for the most part i mean it, they're busy i mean it's, it's a big job they have a lot of cases so you understand that but yeah you know communication is you know few and far between like it could we go months without hearing anything um we can't even read the docket 
because you can't even understand what it's even saying anyways unless you're an attorney right um it's just it's frustrating and a lot of setbacks all the time four and a half years mm -hmm. and there's no trial date none at this point we're hoping sometime in 2023 which would be the back half but more than likely it'll be 2024 wow that's wild but they don't come out and say that though you know let me ask you um since the last since our, our our interview the first time around did you feel any sense of relief from a psychological standpoint did you feel like it was good for your mental for your mental health to have that conversation that we had to share it publicly finally to get this huge weight off your chest did that do anything for you Mm, um, I mean, it, it did, but, you know, I hope people don't think I was doing it for the wrong reasons. It's not like an attention grab. I would think that was my biggest worry going yeah, into did, it. Which I never like, got, I never understood that one. It's just, I think a lot of people, um... Because everyone wanted to, I, I saw comments on Facebook, people going, dude, I've wanted to know how you were, how you've been. I feel uncomfortable asking. I assume that that's a common theme amongst so many of your friends and acquaintances. Because yeah. it's like, we want to know, but we also don't want to keep... Yeah, I mean, it, my friends, I mean, you've yeah. been a part of our group for, you know, decades now, so it's, you know... Well, you're old. You're almost, you're 40 Yeah, now, so. right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that's insane, dude. So, yeah, so, I mean, 40. it's... Uh, everyone, you know, with me and my friends, I'm an open book. Me I know, but family. there were other people yeah, that were a lot reaching of out to you and going... Uh, people from different communities, from Mayfield, Lynnhurst, yeah. South Euclid, other areas, Gates Mills, reaching out, going, I, I want to ask, but I mean, I'm so glad I got to hear what you're, how you're feeling. Yeah. Um, did you, did that do, do anything for you? Did, it like, made me feel good. I mean, the feedback was yeah. positive because it, we set out to have this talk to just put it all out there. And everyone's feedback was so positive and um, insightful. Um, mm -hmm. It was definitely worth it. It makes me feel really, really good that we did it. How have you been uh, handling the situation um, since we last spoke about this publicly? Is it the exact same feeling or it's probably hard for you to gauge, but if you were to gauge how you feel today versus maybe how you felt a year ago versus how maybe you felt three years ago, is it different today? No. It's not different. Not really. I mean... It hasn't been, I don't think it's anything that's going to ever really go away. I think it's just something that you learn to, to kind of work through, you know, as time goes on. Has it become easier to work through or no, no difference still? Um, well, we have a baby on the way, so that, it's, man, it makes you feel really conflicted, you know, obviously. But um, finding things to, to take up time right um and take up space in my life you know helps cope with it mm -hmm. um but, but i would but say how do you avoid finding th and i will talk get to the baby which is going to be a big part of our conversation <laughs> but how do you find things that are healthy distractions versus turn into the drugs the alcohol the this the that that could easily overtake your life um i mean i'm i love my career i mean my career you know i put before most things in my life um so that's something that you know my career is almost like a hobby you know at this point so that really helps keep me occupied keep me busy keeps me positive but the weekends you know the weekends come around i end up drinking a little bit more and yeah, of know, course i don't drink during the week or anything like that or if i have work but um 
I, I don't. I, I think it's having good people around me to uh, to kind of to help me. I, hey, bro, room. I threw you a softball question. You could have <laughs> said Sarah. That was that would have yeah. you would have hit that right yeah, out of the park. Yeah, yeah, it's Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, obviously, um, that goes without saying, though. Of course. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's just surrounding myself with the right people um, and having an amazing wife and home life is man. That's that's it. I mean, that's really what it all comes down to at the end of the day. You mentioned you guys are pregnant. Mm-hmm. Which I, I, I think is tremendous and incredible. Um, Thank you. Because we talked about it last time. Oh, yeah. And we talked about it somewhat at length. I want to play a little clip from last time, and then we'll get into it. Because, again, there was trepidation coming Wait. from you. Adam and, found this hilarious. And I, and, I said, I said, and I said to you, you know, brother, I think you should do it. And here we are. You're weeks away from having a, a baby girl, which... Again, we'll talk about, but I want to play this clip, a little bit of it. We'll see how long it goes. Take a listen to uh, some of our conversation from episode 229. Listen, you have to do what makes you happy, but I do believe, truly believe, and I know this, that the moment you have that baby, you're going to feel a love, dude, that you, you, it's going to be so overwhelmingly joyful and positive, and it's not going to replace the love that you have Olivia will never be forgotten. Oh, Olivia, no would want, Olivia would want us to have kids. Of course. I mean, she would. Of course. Of course she, would. she was of such course. a great big sister. And, um, you know, like that, I know what you're saying, dude, and, and it makes so much sense, but I also think that just like you don't know if you get nervous once that baby's here, like if, God forbid, something happens, and you will. You're going to be, listen, you might be a helicopter at times, with that, <laughs> right. you know, but, but, Dude, I, I, I can I, teach that kid about Olivia, though. You so, can I mean, teach that kid. There's that, a lot of There's positives. so many things that you can teach that kid. And there's going to be so many things, especially as that kid gets old. The kid's not five, ten, eight, eight, ten years old their, their whole lives. You know, that kid gets older and you guys are older and that kid's going off to college or doing whatever he or she's doing. And then you guys look back on all the, the lifetime together and, and all the, the, you know, the Olivia's dream growing and your family growing and then... I, I don't know, man. I, I think that that's could be so beautiful for you guys. I yeah. really do. You just don't know until it happens. Of course. And next, you know, maybe Sarah gets pregnant. And we have seven kids afterwards. Who knows? You just never know. Like, you just right. never know. I think it's just a, a fear, but it's also, you know, in a selfish way. Like, man, I raised Olivia from infancy to eight and a half years old. It's a lot to go back all the way to infancy, right? I mean, eight years. And most people have kids every couple of years, and. But yeah, it's it, right now. I'm trying to. We are trying to have a child, so that's awesome, and I'm very excited about it. But I'm also trying to like get you know my world back under control. So that's a little taste of it. Yeah. When you hear that, how do you feel right now? I feel like I'm a little in a little bit of a different place, for sure. I mean, um, you know, we're a couple of weeks away, and you know, it's. Um, I'm looking at it differently from what I did the first time right. with Olivia. Um, now it's there's a lot more excitement now. Now it's real. It's a completely different situation, you know, right. with Sarah versus you know with Rebecca before. But um, yeah, it, it's definitely more exciting, and it's cool to watch Sarah go through this. Um, she's so excited, and she deserves to be a mom, and she's going to be great at it. She already was great at it with Olivia, so right. Um, it's exciting, and everything's going smooth and. You know, Sarah's healthy, baby's healthy. You guys are having a baby girl, dude. Mm-hmm. And yep. she, that she's due like almost to the date that Olivia's birthday. Yeah, she's due on 
the 25th. Olivia's birthday was on the 28th. That's insane. No. So. And you're having a girl. Yeah. Her name's going to be Lena Olivia. That's amazing. So, yeah, just got the nursery done. and I honestly, I'm so happy for you because I understand the, the angst that goes behind it. And the, when we talked the first time, I felt like you were kind of looking at it as, yes, of course, I would love to do this with this woman I love. But there's this piece of me that feels like almost I'm, I'm like, I don't know what the word is, cheating on um, my, my daughter, Olivia, um, f- forgetting about her. And I actually think it's the complete opposite. I, th- I think what you're going to come to here is like, holy shit, this is going to be the, the overwhelming joy that you're going to feel here in the next few weeks, dude. Yeah, I It's going to be a life-changing moment for you. You know, the excitement's starting to really come. Um, you know, it's been a, it's been tough. Like, it, Olivia's room is now the nursery, so it's kind of, that was really messed up, you know, trying to, you know, put Olivia's stuff, get it out of that room. Still keep everything, obviously, but turn it into another baby's room. Uh, that was, oh man, that was hard to wrap my head around. It was tough. Um, As you were clearing out the material things from Olivia's yeah. life, you're talking oh, yeah. about, yeah, all of her stuff, her artwork. Uh, that made you. That made, that was a, another low point moment for you. Kind of felt like you know moving on. Um, I know it's not moving on, you know, but you felt like you were leaving her behind. Like this is, I'm closing this chapter and, and I'm leaving this behind, yeah. and I feel guilty. Oh, here, your room's gone. We're giving it away to another kid. You know, that's kind of what it felt like. Mm. That's really what it felt like. So, what is Sarah? How did she? How does she react to that when knowing that you felt that way? Extremely supportive. Um, she understands that this isn't easy for me. But, the, um, the good thing is that she comes from that background of psychology. Mm-hmm. So she's like, no shit. It's of course it's not supposed yeah. to feel good. Yeah. I get it. Even if she wasn't a psychologist, so that's just she would Sarah's it. nature yeah, in yeah. general. I mean, she's so great and selfless, and yeah, in tune to everyone's emotions, mostly hers, more than anybody's. But uh, yeah, no, it was tough. I mean, it's still tough. Um, but you know, there's there are positives that come with it. You know, if Olivia's dream's still around in you know fifteen years, ten years, you know. Lena would be involved with this every step of the way. I wouldn't force her to do it, but um, you know, get involved with the community and give back, and you know, donate your time, you know, to to the community. Um, so well, I mean, there's a lot of really cool points that come with it. It's just hard to see it all the time right now. Yeah, know, being in the moment, moment. But. What do you uh, when you listen back to the trepidation from before? What what's the biggest difference right now? Is it just the excitement now, or I think you asked I think you asked me before, and I said you asked if I wanted another kid, and I was like, no, no, no absolutely not. And then in the same breath, I said, oh, but we're trying to have one anyways, <laughs> and, you know. So yeah. it was kind of hey, that's yeah. what happened. You were but raw, brother. You were yeah. you were raw and open. Yeah, and that's the it was a whirlwind of mixed emotions. Yeah. Right? Um, but now that you're this close, the moment you touch that baby and hold her. I was thinking about that yesterday, um, all day yesterday. It's, I can't. I really can't wait for that to happen. Um, I think this no. is. I'm sorry to interrupt your train of thought here. Go ahead, take a take a sip. <laughs> um, I can't wait for that to happen for you guys because I feel that that is going to be such a symbolic moment. And the beginning of the rest of your lives, and it, you will not. I know in the the thoughts and the feelings of, oh my God, I'm I'm not gonna 
be honoring my daughter's memory now as much because I'm going to be. But you will. It's going to be yeah. honor. It's going to be honored tenfold, a hundredfold, through the eyes and the lens of this beautiful little girl that you guys are going to be bringing through this world. And I think there's there going to be other unintended consequences in a positive way that we haven't even thought about that you're going to experience over the course of time. Oh yeah, I mean we have another friend who, you know, lost a child very young, and you know he said he didn't want to have any others. I don't want to put his name out sure. there, but. Um, and then he ends up having another kid. He said it was the best thing ever to happen to him. He actually told that to me here at your house uh, when it was me, you, and a few other people hanging out. And, you know, I think my problem is, is you know, Olivia is not here. There's no true connection with her anymore unless I, you know, go, you know, to the cemetery. or. But really, for me, my connection is the pain, you know, of all of it. And that's my connection to her. Like, I, I don't want to get rid of that. Um Sounds, you feel sounds, sounds I so know you, you feel like if the pain goes away, you're doing a disservice to her. No, no, it's just it takes away from the, the connection back to her. Right. Uh, it's hard to explain. Right. It's so it, screwed it is. Up. It is hard. Um, Unless you, I mean, I don't know obviously. Um, but you feel from what it sounds like, you feel like you're connection to her or your love for her is fractured or so, of some sort because well there's nothing you don't there's feel nothing the le- there's nothing left like there's no like it can't be happy i don't look back and like say oh man that you know you these don't, memories you, make me feel so great like oh, the memories what, bring the pain i mean you miss it so much it, it hurts so like, when you think about playing in the backyard going on to ice cream going on a vacation those, all that comes with guilt. All of it comes with guilt. It comes with guilt. Nowadays. Um, I remember me and Sarah were down in Florida, and we were going to a beach, and, and I just yeah, started just tearing up and starting to cry because it felt like I was going to have a good time, and I shouldn't go have a good time. Um, but when you think of the memories of her, it's painful because the memories are so loving, and that's what's driving the pain because you can't have those again. Yep. Mm. So when your kid's here, like you think about, like, oh, that was such a great time last week or last month. I remember when this happened, and you're able to talk to them about it and, you know, kind of relive that memory, you know, with them while they're here, but I don't have any of that anymore. So all those memories come with a really significant amount of pain and, you know, regret and angst. And What do you say when you see people out in public, friends, whatever, and you see these parents, and they're all flustered and frustrated, and they're yelling at their kids. They're belittling their kids. They're, 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 you dropped this. You spilled this. You did, like the most minute things oh, in yeah. the world, right? What is your what's going on inside of you when you're seeing that? Oh man, we, well, Sarah and I just saw someone at the zoo in D.C. when we were there. You know, I don't know, seven months ago, six months ago, and this guy lost his mind on his kid over like nothing. And I was like, man, I just want to go beat that dude's ass what is, what is he losing his mind for and it was like in a public place and it's like man, that's a pretty weird way to react to something like that but I mean I don't know I mean it's parenting right not that guy but yeah. you know I see my friends with their kids and their kids could act out or whatever and I mean you still have to teach them you know hey you did this can't do that and I think parents just get frustrated in general right when things of course. happen um, but it has to change your perspective with seeing when you see people doing that with their kids, there has to be a part of you that says, I would give my left, I'd give every limb on my body to be able to do that with my kid. 
Like I wish my kid pissed me oh, off. It, and it brings shit. it brings me back to when Olivia did spill stuff like right. milk, and then it smells horrible because it you know, can't get out of the carpet or whatnot. But yeah, I mean, it's I think that's part of being a parent and the frustration that comes with the mistakes that the kids make, and you know. But yeah, no, I wish to have those moments, or it puts me back when I saw how I reacted. You know, at times, uh, yeah. So it does bring back a lot of memories. You mentioned you also feel, you still feel guilty. You said when going to the beach, you broke down because you were starting to have fun, and then no, I, I can't do yeah, that. And that what that instance was a while ago, but a couple of years ago. But okay. yeah, even now, it's still like just sometimes, like yeah, I don't know. I mean, like the holidays, you know, are probably the hardest. You know, you don't even want to go celebrate them because it's just, yeah, it's just bullshit. You know, wow. I don't know. Yeah, like Christmas was always always tough. Um, you know. It's almost like the joyous the, the the more joyous the occasion, the more joyous the thought, the more painful the experience. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. I I, I you can't celebrate the same way anymore. You know, especially as something like Christmas or or Hanukkah for that for that matter. And you know, you, it's a really a kid's holiday but it's a it's holiday for the family to get together for the kids and have a good time and it's not it's not the same and even if you know with Alina here it's still not gonna be the same it's still gonna be like ah oh, crap you know like right Olivia's there's always here. gonna be a void yeah always so it's just finding a way to cope with this finding a way to right understand that it's there but you know how I react to it is really what's gonna right. matter in the long it's run. all about the way you react at this mm -hmm. point I mean, nothing. Nothing's going to bring back Olivia. The void will always be. Mm -hmm. The void will always be. I I, I pray to, for you guys that it's gonna. When you say that nothing's different today than it was four years ago, well, emotionally about that, a lot has changed in my life. Right. You know, for the better, obviously. Um, of but yeah, course, but that emotion, always, that void is still that the void same. is it's that like void a is huge, a, 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 giant black hole. Yeah, the, that will never get filled. It feels like. But that could and change it, in two weeks. It so could. I, I don't. I think there will always be a void there. Of course. Yeah. I mean, and, and I and I think you kind of want there to always be a void there because no, your, your yeah. connection is that's what you feel a connection to Olivia means, and that's yeah. you know what that's healthy probably. That's for probably me, a healthy thing for you. For me, yes. For others, maybe not so much. I mean, everyone different. deals with it differently. Exactly. Everyone everyone deals with trauma and, and yeah. grief. I mean, I'm still going through all those stages of grief because it doesn't go one through seven. It jumps all over the damn place, so you never know. I mean, any week I could be either depressed or angry or just want to shut down. I mean, it's completely random, but it's my mood is definitely feels like it's stabilized over time. And again, a lot of that has to do with, you know, my support system. Of course. You know, and living with. Isn't that everything? Everything. Co community is, Every, is everything. 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 And without community, like you said, take the guns and knives away from me because. I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. If it wasn't for the people around you, propping you up and saying we're here for you, we're going to always be here for you. Well, if it weren't for the city of Mayfield Heights, we wouldn't. Olivia's dream would not would not be right now, guaranteed. And I don't even know half the people that support. It. Right. You know, because I wasn't part of that school system. Olivia was with Rebecca, but you know that. Little did you think that Mayfield, our yeah, arch rivals, our rivals, exactly. in, in high school, were going to be these people yeah. that were going to be saviors for you. It's, and your family. It's a phenomenal community. Just unbelievable. How they've just embraced everything with this and supported us every step of the way. So now we're doing what we can to give back to that city specifically. If you can look, besides 
hanging out with me the few times we have over the last four years, if you could look at what's been maybe some of your more joyous times over the last four and a half years, um, what's something that sticks out to you? Um, I mean, obviously my wedding. Yeah, it was awesome. That's um, still second best to hanging out with me. Well, right? yeah, yeah well, is in everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, my wedding was awesome. I mean, it was a little bit sad at times, but, you know, overall, you know, that was an amazing day. Um, but I would say it's more the, the small things. Um, we get together with our friends all the time and their kids, and they let, man, they've, their kids are phenomenal. So I play with their kids all the time, and, you know, but we do it all together as like a group, and Sarah's there, we're, you know, all, everyone. And every time I leave that get together and I reflect back on it, even like the next day, those moments mean the most, I think. And not mean the most, but they're the most joyous. Um, have a lot of fun. It completely, it fills that void, even for a short moment. Um, so I would say, yeah, obviously my wedding, that. Um, yeah, and obviously it. work too sounds like, it sounds like you love doing what you do. Love it. Love what exactly are you doing? What what is what is work? So I'm in construction. I do. I'm a production manager for a big remodel company on the west side. Um, so teaching and helping mentor others. Res residential. Residential. Yep. Nice. Um, so planning big projects, seeing them through through completion through our team, and um, working with all the project managers to like mentor them and you know help them on their journey as well, and they help me on mine. And, what when, what are project managers? What are they? What are their roles in in uh, in your field? So they they run the project in the field from demo through finish, and can you know pretty much control the entire schedule, deal with all the trades, suppliers, field staff, and make sure the job gets completed in a timely manner on budget. And and, and you're training them because this is what you were you went through all this at the beginning of your when you started with these guys or yeah well. Um, I mean, I've been working with a lot of different companies over the years, worked with some of the best, uh, which makes me hopefully one of the best, I think. Um, but I've been trained very Pretty well by other yeah, yeah, I've been trained by a lot of really good companies over the years. Um, so now I just kind of bring that with me to help other people and invest in them, you know, my knowledge that I've learned for everybody that was willing to pass their knowledge on to me. So you're managing the project manager, Correct. essentially. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. What's the most frustrating aspect of that of that job? Managing the project managers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, at the, what, what, what's the most frustrating thing when you're trying to manage a... Forget what department it is, right? As a manager, what do you find is the most frustrating thing or, or something that's always painful? Mistakes that happen over and over again that are completely avoidable. And and somebody the person continuing to yeah it could be a person it could be a just a department in general that you know teach them you give them the information what's an example of that um, keeping schedules updated you know and being able to have the foresight to look out far um, instead of always living in the day to day so you can't really forecast the project out which then results in a lot of delays work that's not being completed on time. Trade partners that are showing up to the job, job sites are not ready. Mm. Oh, those kind of yeah. mistakes that could be easily avoided, like you easily said. avoidable. Yeah. And the worst part is it, it always 
it affects the homeowner the most uh, because they have to live through it right. and they see it and if they think it's avoidable you know then it's a, it's a blemish on the company yeah well it's just a most companies have the same issues you of know course. every company does but um, it's just being able to have that foresight um, and that sense of urgency to make sure that you're working to the best of your ability for the homeowners and their family that have to live through it because most I would say 90% of the families that I work for I mean they all have children um, so so besides foresight, then on the flip side of the coin, what makes a, a, a good project manager? What's a quality or two that they absolutely need to have to be successful? Well, they need to be organized, for one. Um, but being able to develop a relationship with the homeowner and their family and develop that trust, that bond. It always comes back to relationships. Always. Everything, always. brother. Relationships and trust are huge. It's everything. Huge. But it's, once you lose trust, you lose it. You're done. It's it. You're done. Yeah. It's it's every relationships are everything. And there's it's, just so many. It takes a lot to make a relationship work, though, and uh, to make sure that your relationship stays strong, and you continue to cultivate it. Yes, and that's the difference between a business where sustainability matters between two people mm-hmm. versus just a transaction. There's a lot of businesses where it's literally just transactional. Oh, and yeah. yours could be transactional, or you could choose for it to be something beyond that. There's companies out there in construction in the residential world that I know about that they're more transaction based, and right, nobody likes it at the end of the day. I tell all my guys or anyone I anyone I talk to about construction, you know, I try to treat every customer how I would want my parents to be treated if mm. they were doing the same project. Um, and you know, we're educators in customer service at the end of the day. No matter what, we're customer service. And I think people lose sight of that. What kind of remodeling projects are you guys doing? You guys just going into homes and gutting them? Or is it just, it, it, I yeah, know it's probably not depends. one size yeah. fits all, but. Um, we do a lot, whether they're basement renovations, you know, new construction that they never did the basement. We finish those out. We do big additions, whole house, complete guts to the studs. Um, gutting all the mechanicals all the structure how do you quote something like that you have a team of estimators or um so you have essentially project developers mm-hmm. uh, guys that know construction that are able to go out to a job site uh, or go out to a house and then be able to dissect it find point loads mechanical paths and try to get out in front of everything uh find all the red flags about 90 percent of the way through and then bring in you have good trade partners with you that help really try to figure out how we're going to run everything. How do you guys differentiate yourselves against the competition? Man, there's a lot of competition. We so we always make things right. No matter what mistake that we make, we're always going to make it right because we're going to make mistakes. Everyone does along the way. Um, you know, we're good people, we're trustworthy, and we're always going to make it right. And we're always going to put the customer first. Mm. Yeah, it's uh it, it's amazing how relationships are everything because those people they're going to hire if if, even if you guys are a little more expensive guess what i'm going to hire you and your company over anybody else unless the price is so astronomically different where it actually affects what i'm doing Mm -hmm. otherwise i would rather pay you and let you make a little more and your team make a little more because i know you're going to make sure that this place is is done to the to the gills. And if you make mistakes, make sure you correct them. 
you yeah, know, in yeah, a timely yeah. manner. And you know, there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. A lot. And I would say most of what the company that I'm at now, we always think about the customer, how they're going to feel, what they're going to think. How do we give them what they want? You know, for the best value possible. You know, how does forty feel, bro? Same as thirty. <laughs> it's so weird. Do you feel it? Don't you feel like we're still like twenty year olds strapped yeah. in a forty year old man's body? Kind of. It's yeah, insane. Yeah. I do. Forty. It doesn't yeah, make sense. It's so to me. weird. When we were growing up, when we were in high school, think about when we were hanging out back in high school. I feel the same. The same exact. You were time. what 15, 16, I'm seventeen yeah. and eight, and we would be hanging out and think about like our friends' parent, like Mister Tyler. Yeah. He was probably, you know, God rest his soul. Um, but he was probably, you know, you think about all of our parents at that time. My parents were only like 24. My parents were like 40, my age, when I was 16, 17. They were like yeah. 42. Yeah. All of them were in their 40s, mid 40s. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. It doesn't seem like the same at all. Oh, man. I was like, oh, by the time I'm 40, I'm going to have this and this. And it's like, ah, what happened? It's insane. It's insane, dude. Yeah. I don't, uh, it's hard for me to, I'm going to be turning 42 in a, in a couple crazy. months. Crazy. Yeah. 42. It's crazy. We've been out of high school. I'll be out of high school for almost 25 years. That's just yeah. so hard yeah, to I've been believe, out for 22 bro. already. It's right. Nice. Yeah, I don't. But don't you look at all of us as still we're just the same old guys, yeah, just having fun, bunch of clowns yeah. that are out of yeah. control. Nobody you know? should take anything we say seriously. <laughs> oh, we have a buddy coming in. We have uh, Matt Gromex coming in. He's getting married. He's coming in. Shout out a, a group text about doing his bachelor party here and yeah. trying to figure out where they can accommodate us. Everyone's like, he's taking the uh, the plunge finally. Yeah. Huh? Everyone's Good like, well, I don't know anyone that's going to want to accommodate twenty of us. You know? <laughs> um, but, so true. Where'd you guys celebrate your fortieth at? Uh, went to um, I keep forgetting the name of it. Uh, Forest Forest City Shuffleboard. Shuffleboard, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Especially for like a for a business to do a team building outing. Oh, oh really? No, full size shuffleboard courts. Amazing. It was a really good time. Really? Yeah. Everyone, do you do shots? No, no, I didn't. Well, see, I don't think anyone really does anymore. You're grown up now. See, this is what I'm forty. Yeah, forty. That's what yeah. yeah. You're 40 well, yeah, I'm 40, but I drink White Claws now. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you're moving up. Maybe hey, I'm like a 23-year-old It used to be, uh, what was it, Natty Ice. So, you know, oh, you're my moving, God. I think Natty we all Light. drink that. Yeah. So, What's your drink of choice these days? Oh, White Claw, for sure. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I stay away from the, the liquor stuff. It's just too much. Well, unless it's a good scotch or whiskey or something. You, when you say too much, because it, it just puts you in a place that you don't want to go to. No, it's just... It's heavy. It's just easy to overdo it. Yes, it you is. know, don't like it. Once you get that little buzz, you want you want yeah. to keep chasing. You want it. a controllable. And then next yeah. thing you freaking know, you're like, dude, I have a headache. It's two in the morning. What? And and then the demons are come. We talked about last time yeah. the demons that come out at late at night when mm -hmm. you're. And then you you exacerbate that with booze, and you know we have the feelings people well, in mean, general. I, I drink. I mean, I'll drink. I'll stay up drinking pretty late on the weekends, but yeah, I, but I. Uh, you know, like a true forty-year-old, I play video games. You know, to but help he, even it up. But that's <laughs> no, as like a time. Well, like I said, you're still twenty years old. Exactly, you're strapped in a forty-year-old exactly. body. So no, but yeah, I mean, the, the hard liquor is just kind of it's, it's tough to rebound from, and it's just too easy to get out of control. We're jumping around. Um, yeah, you've got a baby coming in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, cheers, bro. We Thank did you. we did two cheers last time, so let's do two. Yeah. Let's do two again. Thanks. Um, 
you've got a baby coming in a few weeks. How is your family feeling about this? Oh, man. I haven't seen my mom this happy in four and a half years. Honestly. Uh, you haven't seen dad. her this happy since... Since Olivia died. Before, She's like a different person. Before the day, Didn't you say that your mom was with her? Like that the weekend. day uh, the Saturday. weekend of, the Saturday weekend before. before. Yeah, 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 yeah. So since that weekend, you haven't seen her this happy, pretty much. No. Interesting. She'll tell you. I mean, she'll tell you of the course. same thing. It's been a, uh, it's been rough, you know, for her. Um, you know, both my brothers live out of state. You know, my older brother, he has a, a daughter, and they're in St. Louis. So it's almost like she she has no grandkids here. But yeah, yeah you know, she had three boys and always wanted a girl, and she gets two girls, and they're both not here so mm-hmm. this is man she's been on cloud nine it's awesome to finally see her kind you're, of you're like oh corner. this is the old mom again mm-hmm. right like because you lost you lost her too yeah and she lost you yeah it's been it's been tough me and my mom have been really really close over the years and i would say last four years of you know it's been hard for both of us to really you know Navigate, navigate this, this whole thing. It's atrocity. Been tough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you know her family. You know her, her nieces are roughly the same age. Kind of weird Italian family dynamics, and they're all having their own grandkids. So it's, you know, it's a lot to take in. I think you know for her, but man, is she happy? My dad's pumped. My dad's. So oh excited. yeah, I, I can't, uh, I can't imagine. So I got really good parents, and yeah, they're so not. Yeah, be they want they want it back. You know, so and they're going to get it back. They're going to be it back. that that child is going to be loved beyond belief. Oh man. yeah, I'll tell you that. Yeah, we're getting close to finishing it up. Um, talk to me about Olivia's dream. I know you guys had another killer outing mm-hmm. uh, after we had last done the podcast this past summer. You did the the golf outing. Mm-hmm. How did it go? What was the turnout like? And and what does uh, Olivia's dream look like today? Golf outing was great. I mean we consistently gross it seems like around like 40 grand at each outing um turnout's phenomenal a lot of new people came in this year um a lot of new sponsors which have been phenomenal for us um and i'm hoping we can repay the favor to them at some point um but yeah the golf outing was a huge success uh toy drive another big success over six thousand toys uh this that's, year that's insane yeah especially 6, with the, toys especially with the inflation it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So uh, people just they go all out for it. I mean, and you know we appreciate it and it helps so many kids and families that need it. Um, but Olivia's dream has grown, you know, significantly. Our board we added say three or four new board members, another five or six committee members, and we're really starting to to get this thing moving. What do you see for this year? Looking ahead for Olivia's dream, what's your what's the next what's the next level up? So we're focusing more on fundraising um, through whether it's government grants or, you know, bringing in, you know, companies that we want to partner with. Um, but I want to say for me, at least, the big thing is, um, you know, we have we're going to be doing an annual an annual event and it's going to be based in Mayfield Heights to get back to that community and pretty much any community it surrounds. Everyone's more than welcome. But um, we want to do it annually in Mayfield Heights because that's a community that has supported us you know, through all of this and really help build this whole thing. So um, we have more details come on that in the next probably month or so. And your brother's like running the shit. He, he's very heavily involved, correct? Yeah, David, he's a CFO. He's, right. Um, but, you know, Dean Tompkins, Dave Payne, still president, vice president, you know. Nice. We're working uh, 
diligently with first responders, uh, which is very, very important to us. Um, so we're working with all the Hill, Hillcrest, you know, police and fire departments for the most part. Um, but I would say we're finally developing a track record of helping families. Uh, we've helped, yeah, me and Sarah were trying to go through the count over the last, you know, few days and probably have helped just this past year, probably like, I don't know, like 15 or so, 20 families. Uh, they've gone through extremely traumatic events. Similar and, to what you've gone through? Um, some, yeah. yeah. Some have lost kids in house fires. They've lost their entire homes through fires. Um, you know, um, we worked with the, the family of the fireman who, you know, was hit on the side of the road or on the freeway. Um, but there's a lot of families that we've been helping that, man, it's they're in a way different world than we're in with how so no, what do you mean? no support system, no money, mm. you know, a lot of poverty and just trying to trying to find how to get their life back. And after losing their whole world after much. losing their house you know their, a kid that may have been murdered uh, it's just a lot a lot of really horrible stories um, and Sarah screens the majority of them and um, I do a lot of the drop-offs for their and that's been probably the most therapeutic thing for you is that correct it's a it's a rush it's so amazing because uh, you're going into areas that you would n normally never go in Mm -hmm. um, our my life, my life would never cross paths. Is this inner ways. city type area? A lot are a lot of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, but but you being able to pass on some strength and support is probably the most powerful thing you can do for for these not only these people but for yourself too. I like seeing, I like talking to them and getting to meet them and you know watching their emotion because I've never seen. You know, we always say, oh, I appreciate you so much. And you mean so much to me and all this. These people just wear it on their face. And to trust us at Olivia's Dream to, to help deliver that is profound. And it fills my heart, you know. Um, it's What's the feeling like for you when you're sitting across face-to-face -face from this person who has gone through something similar to the same traumatic experience or something similar to yours what are the feelings does it make you feel um I, I, this is hard for me to even ask is this a, does it make you feel like comforting in a weird way I, I know it's sick to say but is it comforting knowing that somebody else knows the same pain that you know it feels like because they're in it like immediately like they're in it by a few weeks or a month i'm four years in mm. so it for me, it's more like, what can I do to help you? Like, here's my experience. And, you know, I could talk to you on an even playing field because I've experienced it. I know what it feels like. Mm. So maybe a little bit empowering, but more we connect on an emotional level. You connect on a level that 99.999 can never connect yeah. on because of the, the, the trauma that you guys have had to yeah. endure. And the coolest part is... There's a reciprocated trust between us. Oh, I'm sure. And, and you guys is, probably feel so connected and you don't even know each other. Yeah. And the people that we help, everyone I've met so far is phenomenal. Yeah. Just great, amazing people that, you know, they could ask us for, you know, $5,000 basketball hoops or Xboxes. They don't. We need bed sheets. We need pillows. We need school supplies. Right. They're all looking the out for their children. The essentials. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. looking out for their kids. Olivia'sDream.org. Mm -hmm. We'll link it again in the show notes. 
Uh, I love you, brother. You're a tremendously strong person. I think about you a lot, and uh, I'm glad that you're on the verge of something special here in the next few weeks. Any final thoughts? No, just thanks for having me, and um, man, just can't thank everyone enough for their support and helping build this because it's not it's not about me it's not about you know my family or anything um it's about helping others that need it and doing it in olivia's name you know giving her a legacy it's really what it's all about especially in the world that we're living in now where people don't i think a lot of people lost lost sight of that yes yeah yeah hey if you need perspective all you got to do is listen to listen to you speak because perspective comes very quickly when we have these conversations. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thanks, Nate.